This is Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, the channelnomics podcast that connects you with channel chiefs, thought leaders, and executives about what it takes to get the next generation of tech to market. Here's your host, Larry Walsh, the CEO and Chief Analyst of Channelnomics. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Changing Channels. As the lady said, I'm Larry Walsh. Um, something that people presume is an unnecessary function in the age of cloud and digital services is distribution. And at Channelnomics, we get this question all the time is what should we be doing differently when we're looking at transforming our go-to-market models around services? Uh, if we are delivering products as a cloud service uh, or a cloud-based service, do we need to go through the same traditional two-tier channels as we have in the past with our tangible hardware products and software licensing? Uh, it's a good question because there is a presumption amongst many that think that the age of distribution is fading. Um, that we don't need to have the same levels of support or the distribution doesn't play the same functions, not pick, pack, and ship in the cloud. So why do we need to engage with them? Um, so given that this is a question that comes up, we thought we'd go to a good source uh, and ask because there are the hyperscaler cloud providers are in distribution. They're all working there. Uh, so we invited our guest today, uh, Eric Buck. He is the Director of Commercial Partners and Global Distribution at Google Cloud uh, to talk about this and to hear why a company like Google, which is, I would even make the argument that Google Cloud and Google proper are distributors in their own right, um, but why would they tap into uh, tap into the support and the resources of distribution when they have this broad and direct relationship. So with that, Eric Buck of Google Cloud, welcome to Changing Channels. Hey, Larry, good to see you. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Yeah, so, all right, as I said in the intro, you work for Google Cloud, a little known company out there, hardly ever heard of what, tell us a little bit about this role of you and distribution at Google Cloud. Yeah, it's such an interesting time because uh, you have cloud, which a lot of folks are saying, how does that fit into distribution and what are we going to do to make that work? And at the same time, I look at distribution as the perfect place for cloud as the maturity grows and the solutions get uh, get built. Um, but it's a journey for sure. Uh, cloud just coming to the channel, cloud coming downstream into the market where partners can truly make an impact. Very, very uh, top of mind for sure. Um but it's a little counterintuitive to many to think that a company like Google or Google Cloud specifically, or you know, think about any of the hyperscaler cloud providers, Google, you know, Google Cloud Platform, GCP being among them, would need the support of a two-tier model or distributors to get to market. So, what was the what's the entire intent of Google being in distribution? Yeah, uh, this is a good conversation for us because when you think about what we're doing and you listen to Thomas Curie and our CEO talk about our solutions, a lot of what we're doing is cutting edge. We're building for some of the largest companies in the world to solve their problems and digital transformation. And I see this as the opportunity as we build these creative bespoke solutions. We're not like the age old hardware companies where you built it and now you have your ASICs in there and four years later you can build something new. I find that as we cut this cloth and it's brand new, that we can start to tweak that into a solution that's repeatable 
And as that comes downstream, then it comes, it comes down to access and delivery more so than what, and Google's gonna be good at building great technology and solutions for customers. The delivery mechanism through the channel, that today isn't, isn't our strength. Our distributors we know have such great reach and they aggregate solutions for their partners. And I think when you look at the marketplaces at distribution and how they've evolved the investments they've made forward into those, the connectivity into their partner communities, as their line cards are evolving, the operational aspects as well that they solve for. So at the top, the distributors can offer great solutions and solutions orchestration. Everybody understands that. But in the middle, there's these gaps where one vendor comes to market a certain way and another one comes this way. For our partners to understand how to do that, for the end customer to understand how to consume that, the distributors tend to smooth that operational aspect over and make it much better uh, experience for the partners, their ability to present these solutions as a very seamless, complete offering. And then naturally they're enabling the partners. So they're bringing them up to speed. They're keeping them aware. Uh, they're, they're translating for the partners between the vendor and, and what's going on. You know, there's so many vendors with so many different approaches to the market, very difficult at a partner to pay attention to all those different programs and things that are being offered. So this aggregation point isn't just about solutions. It's about that operational component. And then lastly, I think it's about speed as we try to reach more partners, partners may not think of us for, I mean, we have so many great things at Google uh, across the board. I mean, you start with Nest and you move to Chrome and you come across the cloud. I mean, we have so many. Uh, and then, of course, forget about search and YouTube and everything else that we do as a company successfully. So to get us positioned well and thought of in a partner marketplace, we need to be where our partners are spending their time. And a lot of uh, ISVs that we collaborate with as well are doing their business through distribution. And so being able to meet the ISV and the partner at the distributor makes a lot of sense for us. Um, additionally, that speed of onboarding new ISVs that the distributors have that we don't have today in our marketplace, um, their ability to take on the risk of the partner and manage that relationship where we're not able to put a lot behind some of those new partners that we may not realize are up and comers. Uh, the distributors have a very good handle on that community, what their needs are and how best to support them. So we win uh, on both fronts by bringing our technology to that aggregation point. I, you didn't say it specifically like this, but I heard one word in your answer, which is scale. I mean, there's a, you yeah. said a number of things, but I mean, it, one of the things that came through loud and clear in what you just said is that distribution gives a company like yours scale. And it, it's surprising to me that there are a number of, of vendors out there that are either transitioned into services and the cloud-based uh, delivery models or the, you know, the born in the cloud companies that look at distribution, think of it as archaic. But it seems though, one of the things that I'm hearing from you say is that scale that's being delivered through distribution is something that is, that is a necessity, not just for traditional and legacy hardware and software companies, but is also an imperative for even digital companies that, they, that there's still a need for scale, even though it's perceived that they have scale baked into their DNA. Yeah, the stereotype of distribution for a long time has been they're a bank and they're a, they're a logistics center. And getting around those stereotypes is very difficult because that's the first thing that people talk about or think about. And certainly they were very good at those and still being a bank is an important component of this. But the reality is when you try to take a partner who doesn't have their very lean companies, they're trying to serve their end customers as best they can, they can't keep up with all the solutions and offerings out there. They can't stay on top of the big vendors and the little vendors. 
and know how to position an offer. And the distributors are a great aggregation point for that knowledge and that information. And quite frankly, that translation, I've got dedicated people at distribution for Google so that when a partner calls in and they're confused about what we're doing, they can get their answers straight away. Whereas if they try to get a hold of us directly, certainly we support them, but we're not going to be able to support them at the same level. And in my experience, having done this for a while, whenever a partner wants to know something about a vendor, the first place they call is distribution. They don't call the vendor directly. Vendor launches news, changes something. The first place they go to is the district. What's this mean to me? And so you just have to recognize that there's a strength in aggregation. And that's where that scale comes from is they're aggregating knowledge. They're aggregating process. It's, it's way more, you know, some of the licensing business I've done in my prior life is way harder than the hardware business. And so when you get into the complexity there and they take their systems and they make this very simplistic and then they add in multiple vendors with different approaches to it and they simplify all of it together, the partner experience is much better. And some of the largest partners I know actually prefer that route because then they're not spending their money trying to figure out how to manage that. They're spending their money on building their business. But isn't that the purpose of, of marketplaces, of cloud marketplaces, to provide that point of access to where the partners can enter and they can research, they can see what's available to them, what's possible. GCP has a marketplace, the other cloud hyper, the, the hyperscale cloud uh, providers out there, sure. they all have their own versions of marketplaces. And that's one of the tenets, that's one of the value propositions, that those marketplaces are not just transaction points, but they're also influencers and inspiration. How do those two concepts live side by side? Is that you automate it, and that but you also have distributors that are there to to guide it. Which one is better, or which one wins out? Well, I think for us, because we tend to focus very heavily on the enterprise, a lot of our view of marketplace is how we can design for a company and make their experience very focused on us. Um, Certainly when you get into that mall kind of concept of offering everything under the hood, like a distributor might be able to, then there is a little bit there, but even at that uh, range, we're selective about the partners we're going to bring into our marketplace in a different way. And it's going to take us time to consider them and put them through our, our approach to adding. Whereas a distributor might have a bigger business with certain partners that we don't have. Um, and, and they may be able to access, you know, when you think about ISVs, Back to my analogy on product, right? If I build hardware, you're going to count on me to be pretty consistent with that product family for a period of time on a brand around that. Whereas an ISV, a fintech, they can come up with one product, one solution. And certainly the effort for us to get them understand that they're valuable, have they proven themselves with that? How do they, how do they stand out? How do we know that we should spend time on them? Getting them through the process on our side and then being able to add them to that. Whereas a distributor might be taking all of them on very quickly because they've got a process around it and they're aggregating a portfolio of those folks and managing that business helping them understand what the channel looks like as well where we're not going to dedicate resources to teaching these folks what a channel looks like so there's a lot of effort that can go into that evolution and that and that dynamic you know the whole ducks on a pond concept where it looks smooth on the surface but underneath there's a ton of work happening to find those folks as they evolve certainly then there might be a place for them with us but we're not going to spend a bunch of time trying to figure out who's who um, Whereas the distributor, that's ex exceptionally valuable to their partners to bring in new strategic uh, technologies. So, Eric, you know, one of the things that the cloud is supposed to do is provide that nucleus. You know, the cloud providers in their marketplaces are provide a nucleus for companies to create those solutions like you're talking about. 
do you find that distributors make that happen better, that they are a better curator of those specifics, those industry specifics or those use case specific uh, multi-vendor solutions? Yeah, this is a really important piece because this is where distributor value, in my opinion, can certainly be diverse. I've found that in some cases, right, a distributor can get very busy and focused on fulfilling and solving for the immediate need. And as a result, sometimes that proactive nature of driving that solution and that intentional approach can get lost because they're so busy. And certainly for us, we're trying to drive a complete solution as well. So we have to lead the way. Uh, and an example, we, we built a work safer bundle, which is all about making it more secure for remote workers. And it has a lot of components to it. Now, where distributors can get creative is they can take everything that we inserted in that bundle based on the relationships we have. And they can say, yeah, okay, but you could also use this, this, and this, where we have multiple lines that support this and we can broaden the solution choices for customers that maybe already have relationships with that security player or, or other components of it, that laptop player, et cetera. And so, you know, we can design it one way and give them that reference architecture, if you will. But where their freedom comes in is they have all of these choices where they can substitute and make better options, more customer user-centric options, which by the way is one of our values as a company is the user experience. However, back to the point, we need distributors to think about how to be proactive in that nature, how to drive that, because there's true value in thinking forward, thinking about this ISV management, thinking about this solutions orchestration. Aggregation is more passive, it's bringing it together Whereas orchestration would be intentional. It'd be thinking about, hang on, how do we push this? How do we drive this? And I think that's where the real opportunity is for us. Yeah. You know, I, as I mentioned, there's, there's a lot of confusion about the role of distribution in evolving channels and evolving business models. Um, and there are, there are digital first and born in the cloud companies out there that, are, that have recognized that they need to go through channels in order to reach the customers. But they're still thinking that distribution is not a necessary step. They think it's part of the legacy model, not the future model. What, what are they missing or what should they be thinking about uh, before they bypass distribution in your estimation? Yeah, this is, a, this is a good one because I think to your point, when you're, when you're kind of cloud native, you, you may not be thinking of the traditional model and that's okay, right? We're all creative. I mean, what Michael Dell did to the PC, you know, certainly doing things differently can pay off. And uh, and I think people have to drive a business model that they think is works best and strategic in their mindset. However, I think as some of those evolve, what they'll find is that they're starting to carry too many things, right? They're, they're, it's going to grow too wide. There's too many solutions to add. And staying narrow and focused in boutique works only for a, a little while or, or it caps your growth. And I, some companies will decide that's okay. First mover advantage, you can afford to do that. But once that line card starts to get more complex, there's more dynamics, you need help. And they'll start to figure out that they're, they're spending more money, which is driving down their profitability to manage the line card and the relationships and the solutions and the engineering and all those components. And they're betting online they think will work, but they're taking too much risk because maybe they don't pay off. Whereas they can go to the distributors who aggregate that knowledge, that information, and, and they can kind of cherry pick what's best for them without taking too much risk. And I think they'll find that over time. Certainly some of them won't ever find that. They may stay there. The second piece to that that I would encourage them to look at is I heard a stat from one of the larger vendors that 80% of what they sell today is still on-prem. Now, if that's true, 
and there's a lot of on-prem still happening and you see how fast cloud is growing and certainly we're going to be looking at a hybrid cloud environment at a minimum at a maximum all that on-prem is going to transition to cloud so there's an opportunity in those traditional channels for a lot of growth and so if i was i was one of these shops i would be thinking that the distributor is a, is a way to access those traditional channels i'm not building active relationships with some of these on-prem vendors if i'm out doing my own cloud native approach right i'm not thinking about those folks but the truth of the matter is, is that any event that they're working and they're going to and doing with those hardware vendors, that's access customers and clients that may be perfectly a perfect fit for my business. Are the distributors the ones driving this conversation or are you driving this conversation? And what I mean by that is that, I, and I hear this frequently uh, on both sides of the ball. You know, vendors will assume that distributors don't have the resources, they don't have the, the, the capabilities, they're not, they don't have the functionality to be able to support their services or to support their new models. And then I hear from the distributors that the most frustrating you know, thing that they ever hear is, I didn't know you did that. So are you, yeah. are you bringing the concepts as a, as a platform company like uh, GCP, are you bringing your concepts for what you need from distribution to them? and asking them to reciprocate in some function, or are they bringing it to you? Because it, again, I'm trying to get to the heart of, is distribution mm -hmm. availing themselves mm -hmm. of the opportunity? Yeah, I'm lucky enough that the distributors we're working with are meeting us in the middle. We're doing our best to bring our ideas based on how we see them. I certainly warn them without distribution, it's not like I can come to them with a demographic that fits distribution perfectly, but we've got our ideas on what we're good at. And then looking to them for their experiences in the cloud to tell us what they think we should be fitting into and then collaborating on that, testing it in different markets and, and trying to move forward. I, I think it comes back to that reactive, proactive mindset, though, in, in all honesty. I mean, when I was at another company, we were a hardware company. We bought a software company and we didn't have distributors showing up telling us how we should design our software engagement, even though they had done it for everyone and they'd seen all of them. They waited till we brought our solution to them and they looked at it and they said, we can make this work. And the reality is it could have been best in class had they leaned in and said, before you do anything, we have a lot of experience here. Let us help you because operationally we can make the take rate, the ease of business much better if you just give us a seat at the table to help advise you. But they're used to getting told by the vendor rather than leaning in and, and helping us. And so I find though today, the engagement we have with ours they're definitely leaning in and giving us what they've learned and trying to help us on that path. And it's up to us as well to try and bring our organization to the table to take their advice uh, and incorporate it into our approach to the market. So let's reverse the question. You So you, you're out there, you're collaborating with the distributors and you're trying to show them some opportunities that they can take advantage of. But you've been at Google Cloud for a couple of years. They my understanding is, is that Google Cloud kind of waded into this two-tier model. What did it take to show internally first the need to work through a two-tier channel and, and what the benefits are? Did you have to go and sell Google Cloud on the concept of not just working through partners, commercial partners, but also working through distributors to reach and support them? Yeah, so I, if I just step back and look at org structure at any company I've worked at, uh, the direct sellers always have a seat at the table and are able to explain how they won business. So it's got a lot of credibility and carries a lot of weight. The channel tends to have that once removed. And so they're not as well represented at that table of what deals they won and the effort they may have put forth. 
even if they're well covered, it's just not as easy to communicate that forward because they're not there. When you step over to distribution, now you're not talking to the end user, you're talking to the partner, which is already a step removed. So you're two steps removed from that conversation. It's much harder at any company to, even when you've demonstrated success, to actually convince others that that's really been delivered by them. And I think the other piece is there's perspectives. What a direct rep is doing with an end user is closing them on technology and their needs at that point in time. What a channel partner is doing is maintaining a relationship with that customer so that when they have a problem, they can bring in that direct representative to show why that technology will solve that problem. So there's two different roles there. And the distributor is aggregating all those relationships and knowledge to help us determine how best to engage that community of partners that can help our reps have more success. And I think as long as you can look at it through those different lenses of value, rather than trying to pick one definition of value and apply it across all three, you, you have a much better view of what the channel can accomplish. Now, that said, in cloud, certainly this is newer. And at Google Cloud in particular, we're the last ones to have distribution. Um, and so we're certainly getting the advantages of the other folks who have proven the model at distribution. But at the same time, we're a very big company. We have a lot of really strong technology and focus in different areas. And so it's still an ongoing conversation around how we can get the most out of distribution, how we can accelerate our relationships with them, how they can deliver value to the model that we're building. Um, and I find that's really important is that you're never done with that conversation. That's one that regardless of where you are at, you need to continue to advocate for and try to make sure it's clearly understood by folks. Yeah. Now, people who know me know that I often quote Edward Deming when I say without data, you're just another person with an opinion. So you're, it's great to say that you're going to advocate the value of it and show them this. So how do you show them? What is the, what's, the, what's the key performance indicators that make a difference in showing the value of this model? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I'm, I am at heart a data person. I'm data-driven. And uh, I, I build my story around that because I think it's fact-based uh, at least and people can look at the same information and then talk about it. And certainly they come with different conclusions. But part of what I look at, for instance, is when a partner engages Google Cloud to become a partner. So first off, that partner had to come find us themselves, right? Forget about the proactive defining them, us being at events and getting this aggregated view and being able to present our value to the partners. They just happened to find us for whatever reason. Probably a customer asked them to check into us. Their experience of signing up with us, it takes, it takes some time. And there's a good percentage of those partners that, that may not finish that process as compared to a distributor where they already have a relationship. We don't have to go through steps. So there's a lot of things along the partner journey I like to look at um, to talk about how the distributor can influence that experience for the partner. And I start from onboarding all the way to how we get them to the top of the program through enablement functions, demand generation capabilities. Um, and I'm always looking at the data. One of my favorite models, my team uh, would, would, would be upset if I didn't talk about the RFY model. You know, we look at reach frequency and yield uh, so we look at a partner and how many times are they buying, you know, what's the average order size of the deals, really start to get in and crunch like, okay, what's the play for the buyer that's going to buy workspace and only going to buy it once? How do we how do we make that an ease of business play very fast and simple? Uh, so, yes, a uh, big fan of, of data and making the case. And I think when you go through all those steps and you start to share that knowledge internally, people start to acclimate around like, yeah, why they're not the same thing. Us managing a partner and distributor managing a partner, those aren't just linear, oh, it's the same thing. No, I, you, you, 
an analogy of cars, right? You've got a beautiful Porsche and I've got an old VW. You want to trade? No, right? They're still cars though. Why not? Right? So the right. reality is, is those experiences are completely different because one company is spending all their time honing that experience. So we have the data, we have the experience, we have the enablement. How do you compensate? You know, this is a completely different model. It's not as if we're just going to surrender a few points on a box that's being pushed around. So what's in it for the distributor? Uh, yeah, well, we certainly give them a discount and they're able to accrue margin on the consumption as long as the consumption is happening. I think those margin models will evolve as consumption becomes more mainstream. Uh, certainly, you know, just like we did, by the way, back in the licensing days, our net new is going to have a higher value at some point. All of these things of the market are going to take off as the model matures more. Um, and, and that'll happen with the channel because it'll be a necessity. You'll want to win my share of the reps. So you'll want to find ways to incentivize them better. And so, you know, and, and every deal reg program was built around net new having its, you know, its discount uh, right out of the gate to help that happen. So those those traditional channel concepts still hold true in, in cloud. But I do think to your point, the land and expand concept is a little different than hardware refresh every three, four years. Uh, if I'm getting into a land and expand, I'm looking at ways to, okay, I have this much, but what's the ramp of that look like? What are the indicators of success along the way and adoption? Is the consumption happening? The difference between CapEx and OpEx that people may not talk about is in a CapEx model, when you buy it, you buy it. But when you buy consumption, it doesn't happen until you actually start consuming it. So we can't celebrate a victory that we have a backlog. We can celebrate a victory once people are adopting and consuming. And so the, the, the work begins once we land a deal. It doesn't end once we've landed the deal. Right. Last question here, Eric, because, and this is the tricky one. So knowing what you know now, you know, again, you've had a long career in channels. You have a lot of experience in dealing with indirect selling and distribution. Can you envision a company like Google Cloud continuing to go to market through the channel without distribution? No. And I mean, of course, I'm the DISD guy, so I'm supposed to say that, but the, it's really this simple in my mind. First, I see us leading cloud because of our technology strengths. So you think about not only our network out there that allows for fast results on things like search, that same network is what our customers are using for their cloud experience. So when they need something, they get it. The analytics engine behind that, that people are starting to adopt to activate their information, that's all Google. So they're getting best in class solutions to drive their business. When you start to think about how we take that down and use it mainstream in everyday applications and smaller instances, that's the SMB mid-tier market. And those, those solutions are going to, I think there's going to be an accelerated rate of predefined solutions that, that start to become more obvious. And as we figure out that magic, then the entire SMB and mid-market will get the advantages of those capabilities, I believe. And as a result, you have to have distribution because the level of diversity and churn all the way out in the edges, it's, it's too much for us to want to handle direct. That's not a model where we're going to make investments and make money at, we'd be much better served by using somebody else's infrastructure to take advantage of it. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. So Eric, great having you on Changing Channels. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, uh, everyone again, Eric Buck, the Director of Commercial Partners and Global Distribution at, uh, again, name of the company, Google Cloud. All right, everybody, that's about all the time we have for this episode of Changing Channels. As we say, the technology industry is reshaping the world, and at Channelnomics, we're tracking the way that it's reshaping the channel. So please check in with us, and we'll see you again next time.
Thank you for joining Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, a production of Channelnomics, with the support of our production team at Modern Podcasting. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share with your friends. For more information about Channelnomics services and insights, follow us on Twitter and YouTube, and check out our website at channelnomics.com. Channelnomics is a registered trademark of and Changing Channels is copyright by 2112 Enterprises, LLC.